This is Jonah Hill, and you're listening to the only podcast that matters. Lauren, I hope you're ready to go off because we're finally behind the paywall. As we yeah, get- oh, yeah. now we're behind. You can say whatever and you want. Potatoes of the podcast, as you know. I think uh, you are, you claim no chance patron. The three main subjects of this podcast, throwing fits, the only podcast that matters are money, ka-ching, F. And most importantly, most importantly, ourselves, ourselves, the God. Motherfucking boys. Jimmy. Facts. Harry. All right, the boys. Yeah. What's up? Uh, we're going to start with ourselves, most important part. Um, so you told us already that, you know, several podcasts and highfalutin media publications have already approached you to come on and tell your story, but you turned them down saying, sorry, there's only one podcast I'm going to talk to. There's only one podcast that matters. Facts. Let's, let's talk about, let, let's name the podcast and public <laughs> that you turned down. No, no. And then, uh, <laughs> no. why don't you tell us why we are your outlet of choice to, to tell your story. I guess I, no, I'm not naming podcasts. Grow oh, up. No, I'm not. But <laughs> I think with you guys, it's just like, it's like... <laughs> Pandemonium. So I thought it'd be fun. Yep. It's a fucking battle royale. It's a cage match every time. It really is. It's a battle royale. Um, I want to know, though, so kind of rewinding back to, like, you know, the day that the doctor told you, yo, you have mad cancer, you're going to get all fucked up and shit. Like That's what the doctor said exactly word for yeah, word. She's like, hey, bitch, you have mad cancer. What are you? How New York? I'm you sorry. got mad cancer, dog. Dead ass. B? B? Dead no, in, L- in, L- in LA, they were like, um, so you have cancer, but it's like our entire journey with you. Like you're on a journey with us. But, I was like, okay, but I'm going back to the East Coast. Thank you so much. Again, well, this is about ourselves. So I've been watching Breaking Bad. Um, so I want to know, like, did you go full destructo Walter White? Like, yeah. Did you have a mini, a mini spiral where you're like, yo, yeah, this is my last hurrah? Before? Yeah, right before. So before, when I was in LA, I was like, all right, cool. And my mom was like, I don't really want to leave you. And I was like, okay, cool. She didn't trust you to make the right decisions. She was just like, you're going to spiral. And then for me, my thing was like, let me get this shit in because I'm like moving back in with my mom. Like, I can't just chain smoke and drink wine how I please on her balcony. And and so for me, a lot of it was like, let me make sure I get this in, which I hate doing. It feels, I don't like feeling that controlled. Um, but I definitely got it in. And then during chemo, I think for the first half of it, I felt so normal. But I was like, I'm not sick. Like, this is annoying. And I have no hair. You were delusional. Like, yeah, I was so delusional. And um, my friend Carly Hustle, who's the best, was like, yeah, bitch, you just wait. Like, you wait. And I was like, no, not for me. Like, not for me. Like, I'm good. Yeah. And then, like, the like, guy was waiting for it to just hit me like a ton of bricks. So, And, the, and then the red devil came through and fucked shit and up. And then the red devil came through and it fucked it up. What and was- I, I'd seen 
like therapists and stuff that were just like, I felt like everyone was waiting for me to kick in. And I, I mean, to this day, I'm not really emotional. It's just like, people are like, oh, this changes you. And I had read the, um, some like columns done by the um, Elizabeth Worsell who wrote Prozac Nation. And it's like, this shit doesn't define me. And I'm not going to be one of these people that are like, oh, I'm like a stage three breast cancer survivor. Like, Everything just felt so performative, but sure. I felt like no one that I knew that, I mean, the thing that was really fucked up too was that like a lot of people that we know had gone through cancer treatment. I had no idea or people that we know now don't want to be public about it, which is sure. totally fine. And I think being public with it is a blessing and a curse. Like for me, it took the weight off my bat, like back, like, Okay, like, like, like I would have <laughs> literally, literally, where it's like for me, I could have moved back to Buffalo, and everyone would have been like, "Why did she move back to Buffalo? She didn't make it in the music industry. It was so crazy." Mm. Well, this is the perception is reality thing. How concerned were you? How wrapped up were you in that? How are people going to see me professionally, not personally? But were you bothered by like... Cause no, I think like at that. first, at first I was like, okay, this is a thing I have to do. And I didn't know how long it would take. And I was like, let me just get back to Buffalo and I'll figure it out there. And like me posting all of my furniture on Instagram, which is like where all of my furniture sold, right? Because I'm like leaving LA. I'm like, hey, buy this couch, buy this planter set buy these dressers and everyone's like, why are you living LA? Like, where are you going? Where are you moving to New York? Like, that's so crazy. You're moving back to New York. And I was like, actually I have cancer and I have to move back into my mom's attic. Moving back to Western New York. Right. Like that was a big thing too. Like even still to this day, people are so confused. Are you in New York? Are you? And I'm like, I'm in Buffalo. It's five hours from New York driving. It's a 40 minute flight. It's fucking sick. The rec room rules. The rec room. But like for me, it was just like, I love rec room. They love rec room. I don't know. (laughs) I fucking get bottles from there. Hell yeah. So my friend Mary I'm with, she's a liquor salesperson and so she works very closely with oh, she's the plug. She's the plug. She's the plug. But so for me, I think for me it was like very weird because it was like, okay, I'm moving back home and everyone's asking me a hundred questions so I might as well tell them I had cancer but it was also so annoying to tell people I had cancer because you have people that, I have friends that ghosted me when I got cancer. I had friends that were like, really? Call. Yeah, 100%. Put them on blast right now. Yo, call them out. You. We're behind the paywall. Oh. Call them out. Uh, there were people that was like, it was too much for them. Like, this was too much. And I not am me. like, not me, not one. No, not you. Because James got me the cameo from Tommy. And like, <laughs> but my thing Did was, you show him the drug you drink? No. But so my thing was like, there were so many people that either ghosted me during cancer treatment or um, they were just like what I call, like what we call grief tourists that were like, they just wanted to know what was going on. They they wanted to know what was going on with me so that if someone in their realm was like, hey, did you hear of Lauren Nostra's cancer? They'd be like, oh yeah, I talked to her last week and this is how she is. Like it was a lot to deal with like how people act in those circumstances. And then for me, my biggest thing was my guilt in all of this. I felt so sad 
as a people I had not paid attention to that mattered to me in those like years. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I mean, like James, even me and you, like we talked more than we probably would have besides being like, yo, fuck G, no shade. But like those conversations that you have with people are like, hey, like we heard you have cancer. Like, how are you? Like, that's a lot. For a lot a grief, of people. Are you calling me a grief tourist? <laughs> no, because I don't think grief tourists to me are people that are like. I was hitting hey, you up. I was hitting up just to find the fucking plug in Buffalo. I was like, Lauren, uh, I'm going to Buffalo. That was Do you way know before any? it. Oh, okay. And the weirdest thing for me. He was, was looking for grief. <laughs> he was. The weirdest thing for me was that entire last summer before I was diagnosed, I never felt like myself. And that's something that I'm still trying to get a grip on. Like, I felt. I think it's like a body and mind thing where it's right. like, I just didn't feel right for so sure. long. Speaking and of not so, feeling right, Lauren, uh, obviously like I can't even imagine what it's like to have just radiation blasted your body. Like your fucking I didn't have Dr. radiation Manhattan. yet. Like Dr. Manhattan. You, wait, you haven't had radiation? Is that what no, chemotherapy so, is? So chemo is like an injectable poison. And then I had chemo wow. and I had the surgery and I'm still waiting to find out if I have radiation. So my doctors don't think I'll need it, but because I'm so young, they have decided to send me to a radiologist. And if I do have to have radiation, it's every single day for six weeks. Good God. Uh, what, if you had to pin it down to one thing, what was the one worst thing about chemotherapy? Um... The worst thing was I was I live with my mom, right? Because I moved in my mom's attic, which is really nice. Shout out to Buffalo Jills. Right. So it's really nice. She's like... You're up in the the attic like Anne Frank. I really... Oh, my God. Lawrence can make that joke. Lawrence can make that joke. He's Jewish. 